All right, we're going to go into today's scripture reading today, which comes from John chapter 14, verses 15 through 27. We're going to read this in the ESV, uh, and uh, we want to encourage you to look up the scripture uh, if you have your own Bible, or um, I was about to say if you want to take one of the pew Bibles, but you guys aren't here yet. Hopefully we can do that soon, but uh, uh, wherever you are, if you want to grab a Bible or look up your Bible app, John 14, verses 15 through 27 in the ESV. May the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us today. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while in the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. All right, friends, well, we are continuing in this sermon series. We're, we're wrapping this up, uh, but uh, we are going to be talking about something that is very foundational, uh, the Holy Spirit. And this is kind of my little disclaimer as we begin uh, this message, as you see this uh, person just kind of like staring and blinking and just with this <laughs> dead stare. Uh, I realized something about some of these very well-worn things that we talk about in church, when we talk about the Holy Spirit being with us, that sometimes that doesn't fully register. You know, you just hear it and it's just something that you think people say, or some of the things that we're going to be talking about, I, I think it's easy to, um, you know, in some ways tune out or just to not really think that really applies to you or to not really know what that means for you practically. And I just want to acknowledge that, um, that we are going to be talking about some well-worn things. And, um, you know, one of the things that we're talking about, uh, uh, you know, that's very foundational is discipleship. And, you know, discipleship is something that, you know, this is, Jesus wanted us to be his disciples. Um, Dallas Willard calls uh, a disciple an apprentice. We are learning to be like Jesus. And uh, again, that's another sort of word that, uh, or phrase that maybe doesn't mean a lot for us, you know? But I, I want to assure you, that is what the Christian life is about. 
And it may not be something that we are able to do automatically or we're able to do easily. And so um, I, I want to take a look at a verse here um, that maybe, you know, it, it, it sounds kind of uh, basic, you know, but I, I want us to really focus on this to see, do you think that this is true? It's the first verse in the passage that we read, uh, John 14, verse 15. And it says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So Jesus is talking here. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now, it's a question we have to ask. Do Christians today, do we, do I, Steve Kong, do you, you know, Connie Hong, or whoever you are, do you keep the commandments of Christ? Do we actually do what Jesus tells us to? Because it says, if you love me, you're going to do this. And, and I think for a lot of people today, we think that actually following Jesus' commandments is uh, uh, kind of, well, optional. Or, you know, maybe, maybe you do believe you're supposed to do it, but how do you do this? This is one of those sermons that, uh, or one of these uh, passages that you can read it and it sounds nice, but maybe you've tried to do it and maybe it's felt like this. This is a picture of uh, <laughs> what appears to be uh, a kid. And the kid is trying to hold up this boulder. Now, I think this is just a, a trick of photography. I don't think any young kids were harmed in the making of this photo. I don't think he's actually holding up the boulder. But I think this is what the Christian life has felt like for me. Has it felt like this for you? Like, 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 like seriously, think about it. You're like a little kid, and, and you're like, you know, I, I, I'm a little kid. I, I don't really have the muscles, you know? I, I don't really know how to do this. I feel all alone. And trying to live this life the way that the Bible says I'm supposed to, trying to follow what Jesus says, you know, um, some of the, the trials and the, the troubles that I've had have been around my anger. So just taking that, for example, every time I'm in the car and every time, you know, somebody cuts me off or is tailgating me, you know, I, man, it is so hard to follow the words of Christ, to forgive and to love, to love our enemies as if they were like us, you know. Uh, 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 and to turn the other cheek and all those things. How do you do that? How do you not get angry in those situations? You know, and I just feel like this is overwhelming and I feel alone. You know, we just kind of say to people, okay, go, go, go and love people. Go and forgive your enemies, right? Go and build the kingdom, right? Go, go, go follow all the words that Jesus told you to follow and do them exactly like that doesn't quite work, right? Why? Maybe like the little boy, we're not as strong as we think we are. But this is the question. Are we really the little boy? Is this what Jesus intends? For you to do it all by yourself. Jesus has left you alone and without resources, and he's given you an impossible task. No, I don't think that's Jesus. Right? He already knows your weaknesses. He already knows that your willpower is not that great. You know? And there's many things where we, we, we read in Scripture, we're like, okay, okay, I'm supposed to do that. And he knows that you're not going to be able to do it. Yet he still calls us to do it, right? Remember, if you love me, 
you will keep my commandments. But this is the thing. This is what today's message is about. Today's message is called the helper. You're not on your own, right? God wants to give you some serious help. So let's take a look, right? So picking up in verse 16, and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So there's this idea that the Holy Spirit is meant to be your helper. I want to pause here for a moment because we're talking about this, this, this you know, fundamental thing, the Holy Spirit. And it is something that I know confuses a lot of us. I know for me, I, I, I've always been baffled by the Holy Spirit. You know, and today's message is not going to explain to you uh, all the ins and outs of the Holy Spirit, you know, the theology of the Holy Spirit, or get you to fully understand what the Holy Spirit is. I will say this. The Spirit is the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God that is here with us, right? So, you know, Jesus says, I'm going to leave you. I'm not going to be here with you physically. You're not going to be able to touch me. You're not going to be able to hold my hand, right? But I am going to send my presence to be with you. And the way you experience that presence, that's the Holy Spirit, right? All of the ways that God works in this world and God works in your lives, that is done through his Spirit. And one of the things that, that you know, maybe you're just going to have to take my word for it, you know, but I believe that you don't need to fully understand the Holy Spirit to allow him to work in your life. In fact, that's kind of the point. Because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. We have been talking uh, uh, for a while about this idea of God as king, Jesus as king right? That he's the one who's supposed to have the power. He's the one who's supposed to have control, right? We want to be little kings and queens of our own lives, and we want to run our own lives, but the goal is to let God lead us, right? And so in order to do that, you, you have to trust, right? And I think that oftentimes when we attempt to understand God, it's another way of control, right? Isn't that why you want to control th- or understand things? Because you want to be in control, right? If I could just understand the Holy Spirit, you know, then you would feel like more comfortable. You, you'd, you'd feel like more stable, you know? And I think a lot of things in your life, if I could just understand why this is happening, I wouldn't feel so out of control. But our sense of control, our sense of peace is not going to come anymore from us understanding everything or us being in the driver's seat. It's going to be from letting the Holy Spirit lead us. It's going to be from letting God truly be our king. Amen? And so this idea of the spirit of truth, why doesn't the world receive him? Because it neither sees him nor knows him. Well, duh. (laughs) You know, we don't see the Holy Spirit either. But what is supposed to be the difference for us, the Christ follower? It says, for he dwells with you and will be in you. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you, right? Dwelling in your midst. You have the presence of God, 
right? As it says here, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. I think what I just said is not controversial for most Christians, right? I I don't think anyone is going to dispute this, that the Holy Spirit is supposed to be with you, right? The Holy Spirit is supposed to live inside of you, right? Of course. So now let me ask you, right? It says he's supposed to dwell with you and be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yell a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. So this idea that if the Holy Spirit is in you, you're not going to feel like an orphan. You're not going to feel alone. Why? Because you're going to know that God is with you. Right? I mean, you know, it's just kind of basic, you know? That the idea of feeling alone is that you think no one is there. For Christians today, I think a lot of us, we say all the right things. We say that we believe in the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit lives in us, yet we feel utterly alone. Is it too far to say we feel like orphans? Do you ever feel like God has abandoned you? Are there ever moments in your life where you're just so afraid and you're just like, Oh my gosh, like, like I, 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 I don't know what to do. Maybe you even get mad at God. God, why would you put me in this situation where I'm like overwhelmed or, you know, this is just too much? God, where are you? Have you ever wondered that? Have you ever asked that question? Have you ever prayed with a shaky fist? God, where are you right now? Friends, he's supposed to be inside of you, Right? Now, this is going to be like a little bit of theology here, so bear with me, right? We're actually going to sing a song um, called Holy Spirit, You Are Welcome Here. And I've actually, um, you know, had debates with people about this song, about, you know, if it's theologically correct, you know, can you pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to come? You know, sometimes there's, there's, there's praise songs that are like, come Holy Spirit, Right? Because, you know, maybe for a lot of people, they're like, you can't ask the Holy Spirit to come because the Holy Spirit is already here, right? You're just not aware of it, you know? But what we are praying, I think, when we say, Holy Spirit, come, or when we say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here, we're saying, come into our lives, come into our hearts, don't leave us as orphans. Right? It, it, it is something that we, we, we call uh, the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. In other words, for many of us, or for all of us, I should say, the Holy Spirit is already here. But for many of us, we don't know that he's here, right? Like how it says the world uh, uh, does not know him, neither, it's, it neither sees him nor knows him, right? So the Holy Spirit is there in the room with people who aren't following Christ, but he's not manifest in your heart. How do we know this? Because you still feel alone. You still feel scared, right? And, by the way, you're still trying to live your life as if you were king. So, friends, uh, it's going to talk about this idea, right? And, and, you know, we started with this, Um, 
If you love me, you will follow my commands. And Jesus doubles down, triples down. He goes into much more detail about this. He says, in that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you, right? So the Spirit of Christ, right, is supposed to be in us. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Right? You're going to know that Jesus is there. You're going to know that the Holy Spirit is there. Right? And so this idea that the Holy Spirit is just vaguely with you, right? in some ways that's not very biblical. Like we say, oh yeah, 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 Holy Spirit's with you. But I don't feel like the Holy Spirit's with me. I feel utterly alone. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I'm going to send you a helper, and that helper is going to be inside of you right, is going to be closer than your closest friend. You're not going to feel alone. You're not going to be afraid, right? And by the way, you're going to live in harmony, in accord with what I am doing. It just makes sense that if we are with Jesus, we will be like Jesus in the sense that we will be able to do his will, right? I I kind of think of it like... um, you know, almost like, like Tai Chi. You ever see like people, are, I, I, I have to say, I've never seen this. I've only seen it in uh, like movies and TV shows. But, you know, like, like in a lot of movies and TV shows, like people will be driving by a park and you'll see these old people. It's always old people. And, and they're doing this like Tai Chi, these slow movements, right? But what you see is that these people might be like standing next to each other Right? And as they're close by each other, their, their movements are mirroring each other. Right? One person's arm goes up like this, the other person's arm goes like that. Right? And, and it just looks like it's like, like, like the same movement. You're doing it at the same time. Right? And I think in many ways that's what it's talking about here. If we are in union with Christ, we must move like he moves. Right? It is kind of the proof or it is kind of the, the, the sign that Christ is living in you, that his spirit is leading you. It's going to lead you to live like he lives. And so in many ways, friends, if we are not loving the way that Jesus loves us, then the spirit is not fully manifested in our lives. Can I say that? Now, I, I'm not saying that you don't have the Holy Spirit with you in any way, Right? Yes, you know, God is with you in some way if you're not living for God. But if more and more we want to learn what it means to have Christ in us, the spirit of Christ in us, filling us in union, right? Being perfectly in union with God, we must do as he does. That's what it's talking about here, right? It's not optional, So much of modern Christianity makes this optional. We're like, yeah, 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 just believe in Jesus, you know, but you don't actually have to do what he says. No one will ever say that out loud, right? That that, that sounds incredibly bad. You know, no pastor, no Christian will probably say that out loud, but that's how we live. Let's be honest, right? So many of us, we're like, well, I believe in Jesus. I'm going to go to heaven after I die, but I don't really need to love that jerk, Right? Let's be real. I don't really have to do anything about my anxiety. Right? What does it mean to live in the kingdom? We talked about this last week. It means to live in a place where you have no anxiety. 
right? What did it say last week, Matthew 6, 33? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Those are the most important things to do. His rightness, we need to be right. You know, righteousness is this thing where, uh, unfortunately, the world looks at it as, as somebody thinking they're superior to you. But that's not what it means. Uh, biblically, what righteousness means is to be right. Like everything in your life is right. You know, like, like, like you're able to do the things that you're supposed to do. Your nervous system is right. You don't get afraid by, by the things that, that, that scare everyone else, right? You don't get anxious in the way that the rest of the world gets anxious. Your mind, your heart, all of these things are in harmony, the way they are supposed to be. Because you see that in Jesus, right? And, and friends, it's not going to happen automatically. But this is the goal. This is who we are supposed to be, right? And so, um, yeah, you know, just to, to not bring too fine a point on it, um, you know, Judas says, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Why wouldn't you show yourself to the world? And Jesus answers him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. He says it again. And my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. And I think what Jesus is saying is that the world doesn't see Jesus because the world doesn't really want Jesus. Not really. The world doesn't want to be like Jesus. The world doesn't want a king. They don't want to live the way that God wants them to live. They want to be their own kings. They want to do whatever they want to do. And so God isn't going to come and rest and reside in you because you're always going to resist him. And God is a gentleman, right? The Holy Spirit is a gentleman in the sense that he will not come in uninvited. You got to welcome him in, right? There's a scripture, um, Revelations 3.20. It says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and eat with him and he with me. Right? I'm going to come in and I'm going to help you to live this life that you're supposed to live. To live the way you're supposed to live. To love the way you're supposed to love. To forgive the way you're supposed to forgive. And some people, whether they say it or not, they don't want that. Oh, no, no, no. Jesus, I'm good. I like the goodies that come at the end of my life. Right? Afterlife. I like the afterlife. I just don't want you in my life while I'm living it. <laughs> If we're being honest, what does it mean to let him into your life? He's going to lead, right? He's going to lead. Why? Because that's exactly what spirits do, right? Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the fathers who sent me. These things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the helper, so there it is again. The Holy Spirit is supposed to be the helper whom the, uh, uh, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So there's a couple things here. The Holy Spirit is going to give you peace. And the Holy Spirit is also going to help you to remember and to do the words that Jesus told you to do. 
right? And so what, what I hear in this is that it's not this really pain thing, right? When the Holy Spirit fills you, it's not supposed to be this thing where you're like, man, this is so difficult. This is so hard, right? Remember the picture with the little kid trying to hold up the boulder? That's not the picture you get here. You're going to have peace, not as the world gives, right? It's going to be, in some ways, kind of chill, at least within your soul, right? You know, maybe some of the things that you're going to be doing are going to stretch you beyond your comfort zone. But I think this idea of having the Holy Spirit with you, you will have peace in your heart. You're not going to be afraid, right? You're not going to need to be afraid. You're not going to be alone. You're actually going to be able to do the things that I'm calling you to do. But the question is, why aren't most people living this way? How do we actually get the Holy Spirit to come and live within us and give us the help that we want to have? Well, friends, in order to answer that, I'm going to ask you a question. And, and the people who are here, so Connie, James, Jason, Jennifer, maybe you haven't heard me do this before, so I'll, I'll let you off the hook here. But the rest of you, I expect you to answer this, right? You guys ready? <laughs> you can also answer in the chat. So, so I'll give you bonus points because there's like a, a, a several second delay. So if you beat Connie, James, or Jason to the answer, um, I'll get you a special treat. I'll, like, mail it to you, right? I'll get Amazon to send it to you, right? I promise. I'll send you a treat, okay? So let's see if you can beat Connie, (laughs) James, or Jason. All right, you you guys ready? This is a question. What do spirits do? (laughs) All right. James wins. I said if you beat James, you'll get a special treat. James, I'll get you a candy bar next time. Or do do you like candy? Butterfinger. All right. I'll, I'll get, James wins a Butterfinger. So sorry, guys. Uh, James was too fast, right? Why was he able to answer that so quickly? Because I say it all the time. What do spirits do? They lead, right? It started, it's sort of become like an LGM meme now. Uh, when we were <laughs> doing youth group, like we play those games like on Zoom, like where it's like Pictionary, you're drawing things. And uh, we were playing this one where somebody was trying to draw Pastor Steve preaching, and they drew like, like a stick figure with glasses, and there was a speech bubble that just said oceans, right? <laughs> because I do this all the time. What do spirits do? Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders, right? <laughs> What what do spirits do? They lead, right? And so, friends, this is the thing. This is why a lot of us don't have the Holy Spirit within us, because we aren't willing to let the Holy Spirit lead. Right? you got to let him in, right? And so I I had a picture here of uh, these two people dancing, right? Because it's kind of like this, right? Now, if spirits lead, you, by the way, have a spirit. Did you know that? Your spirit is your will right? Your spirit is what is leading you. Now, there may be times where you don't feel like you had a conscious choice. Do you ever do something and you, you didn't even decide to do it, but you're doing it? There was something within you that led you to that, right? I don't know if you've ever <laughs> found yourself snacking. You're just eating potato chips, and it was a really conscious thought, right? You weren't like, I would like some potato chips right now. Sometimes we think that. And other times you're just like, where'd the potato chips come from? Or you're on your phone, right? I mean, I I do this thing where I try to hide my browser 
Like, like my browser used to be one of the things, like, like you know, the thing to get to the internet. This would be like on the front of my phone. Now I put it in a folder because I would just start browsing the internet without even thinking about it. And so I tried to make it more intentional. Now my mind has memorized exactly where it is and I can find the, the, the Safari, the Internet Explorer, right, the, the Google Chrome without even thinking about it. It's just automatic. Something is leading me. Right? You're all your bad habits or good habits, whatever it is, right? How did you actually do that? Something is leading you. Now, this is the question What is leading you? It's a spirit. Is it your spirit? Is it the Holy Spirit? So, friends, let's imagine that there's something that your spirit does not want to do, right? Something that God wants you to do, like forgive someone, right? I just use that example because this is a really easy one for us to think about. Like, how many times does it say, forgive as you have been forgiven, right? I mean, it's in the stinking Lord's Prayer, guys, right? And how many times are you naturally like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm totally going to forgive you when someone has really wronged you? It's so hard, right? Your spirit, your will does not want to do it, Right? So for the Holy Spirit to come reside in you, what has to happen? It's like dancing. Only one can lead, right? Have you ever seen a dance where two people are moving, synchronized together, and both people try to lead? There's going to be a lot of busted toes, right? You're going to step all over each other, right? Or you're going to fall down, or the, the, the dance is going to look messy and disorganized, right? One person has to lead and the other has to follow. That's the way it works with spirits, right? And so when we talk about the Holy Spirit coming and living within us, you, first of all, you got to invite it, right? God's a gentleman. He's not going to lead your life unless you let him. But you got to let him in, right? And, 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 well, let's just use the dance analogy. If you want the Holy Spirit to lead, you got to create room for him. And you have to stop leading, <laughs> right? I, I know that sounds kind of funny, but, you know, uh, uh, you got to let him lead. Now, friends, for many of us, this, this is just, like, like, it makes sense on some level. And, and you know, uh, uh, in the way that James was able to answer that question so quickly, <laughs> what do spirits do, right? But just knowing this isn't enough. You know, there are many of us, we hear this message and we're like, yeah, yeah, great. Holy Spirit leading sounds good. But for many of us, it's just not going to happen. Because if we're being really honest, we still want to be in control. What is it going to take? And I think for me, um, the question that, that, that has been the most helpful for me in, in trying to... to Learn to get out of the way of the Holy Spirit, to learn to give up the leadership of my own life, is where has your spirit, your will, led you? Right? Remember, we said we, we do these things automatically, right? Almost. That's the way our life works. There's so much of your life that is just run on autopilot. And, and on one level, we, you wanted to do it, but you have to ask the question, has your will led you where you wanted to go? Do you have a flourishing life? Are you at peace? 
Are you free of anxiety and fear? You know, there are many things we want to do, and you do them because you wanted to do them. But the funny thing is that it leaves you utterly empty. And for me, one of the things that I've always kind of resisted, um, not because I, 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 I thought that I wanted to, but for whatever reason, I didn't really learn to surrender my will in one very key area in my life, my spiritual disciplines. You know, as a pastor, of course, I'm doing all these things to serve God, and that was always my excuse. You know, it, it was always like, well, yeah, I'm reading the Bible. I read the Bible all the time. But I always read it to do something. Right? I always, always read it so that I could lead a Bible study or preach a sermon. I would always pray, but I would pray like in a church context. I didn't pray that much by myself, except for that really rote prayer that you pray before your meal. You know, the, the, I call it the smelling the food prayer. You know, you're just like, dear God, thank you for the food. Amen, right? And it's just over by the time you smell your food. Again, that's not bad, right? But it's not the same as getting out of the way and letting your will shrivel and lose power from disuse and letting the Holy Spirit lead you. I think... Uh, spiritual disciplines are, are absolutely crucial for that, right? This idea that you stop doing what you want to do for a moment, right? Like maybe I naturally didn't want to pray. I want to be on my phone. I want to play a game, right? I want to beat one more level in Candy Crush or whatever your game is of choice, you know? Rather than pray, let's be honest, friends, come on. You know, I, I, I'm not going to ask you to, to, to you know, uh, expose yourself, but just be honest. So many of us, we don't feel like doing it. Your will, your spirit doesn't want to do it. Your spirit wants to lead. And there are many ways that you can learn to let the Holy Spirit lead. But one of the things that I think is so pivotal in doing this is, is feeling maybe like Stitch, <laughs> you know, you guys seen Lilo and Stitch? Uh, oh, man, this moment always gets me like, like, oh, it just makes me start to tear up. Where Stitch, who is this indomitable force, right? Stitch, you can't tell him to do anything, right? He, like, if he wants a midnight snack, he'll go get a midnight snack. If he wants to knock over a, a, like, like a city, he'll knock over a city. He'll do whatever he wants to. His will is that strong. Until there comes a moment where he's just lost in the forest and his actions have brought him here. And he just admits, he, he's looking at this, uh, um, this storybook where a character says, I'm lost. And Stitch realizes that he is that character. He just goes, I'm lost. That's not a great Stitch impression. <laughs> That's my Stitch impression. I'm lost. I'm lost. And it just breaks your heart. But friends, there are times where you have to admit that. Being in charge of your own life isn't all that it's cracked up to be. Getting what you want doesn't give you what you really want. Does that make sense? It doesn't give you the peace of Christ. It doesn't make you more like God, more like Jesus. We're not told to be like Jesus just because he wants you to do that or because you could be punished if you don't do it, but that's the best possible life. Have you ever really been able to forgive someone? You didn't want to do it. You thought you were doing it because you had to do it, maybe. But once you do it, you experience such freedom. You don't have to carry around the burden of your anger. You don't have to think about that person every waking moment and what they did to you. You are free. 
And yes, Jesus wanted you to do it, but why? Because living like Jesus is the best possible life. It's a life of real freedom, real joy. The Holy Spirit wants to lead your life not because he's mean, but because he loves you, right? He wants to give you the best life. But in many ways, you have to get out of your own way, right? And so for me, friends, I've learned something. I mean, there are different ways you can do this. There are many, many different spiritual practices. And and I want to encourage you, whichever you do, I think that the domain of our will, our spirit, is so much driven by your minds, our thoughts, and these emotions that come with it that you cannot control. So I've been saying this all year long, but I'll say it till the cows come home because <laughs> it's this important. When you read scripture, don't overthink it. When you pray, don't spend all this time in your mind. Just be in the presence of God. I want to show you one way, one way that I've learned to do this, and this is how we're going to close, is we're going to practice, okay? Um, I've done this before, um, but it's been a while. And so I talk about this all the time, but friends, you know, just talking about it isn't good enough. I want to actually do it. It's this uh, thing called centering prayer. By the way, we're only going to do it for two minutes, right? Normally, they, they recommend about 20 minutes. But, you know, 20 minutes of just staring at a screen and just, you know, is probably not the most exciting thing. But, um, you know, I'll trust that you can do this on your own. But why don't we just practice, right? I'll just get you started. So, Centering prayer is this idea where you find your center in God. You're not finding your center in yourself, in your will, in your emotions. You find it in God. And in many ways, what it is about is just trying to get out of the way, right? To let the Holy Spirit work. And so this is all you got to know. We'll leave this up while we do it for two minutes, right? So if you forget, don't worry about it. Um, But the five R's of centering prayer, the first R is just to ready yourself to be with God. And this is very simple. Just find a place to be with God, right, where you can be quiet and alone, you know? Um, I, I like to do this by my window at my house. You know, sit down. You know, have, have a back. I'm, I'm on a stool right now just so you can see me better. But I like to, uh, you, you know, have a straight back chair just so you can, um, you know, have your, your head and, and your, your body straight. Because if you slump, you might fall asleep. That's all, right? Just ready yourself to be with God. Relax. Take some deep breaths if you want to. And what you're going to do is you're going to pick a sacred word. It can be a phrase, right? Something that reminds you of what it is you are here to do. And what are you here to do? It's this simple, friends. You are here to let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit. You're here to let the Holy Spirit lead, and you are trying to get out of the way. Your thoughts, your emotions. So you're just going to be still. That's it. It's very simple, right? And, And so... Your sacred word symbolizes your intent to consent. You are saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Holy Spirit. You can come and work on me, right? You're welcome to come in, right? You're welcoming his presence, and you're welcoming his leading, his action. You may not feel it, right? Now, sometimes a lot of people, they don't like this prayer because they're like, Pastor Steve, it doesn't feel like anything's happening. But I think our addiction to feeling is more about control, right? Well, like, I don't like this because if I feel like something's happening, then I can understand it, or I feel like in some ways that it's going somewhere. Friends, you just have to trust, 
You've got to trust that the Holy Spirit is doing its thing. Oftentimes when I do centering prayer, I don't feel anything. The only thing I feel is, you know, doing this every day, I do feel a lot more relaxed doing it. Um, but at first, it can be quite anxiety-provoking because we're so addicted to being in charge, right? Of, 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 you know, being able to control our thoughts. And so in this, friends, um, this is also part of the game. Your thoughts, whoa, sorry. Your thoughts will try to stay in control by thinking we need to stop thinking. That's a thought, right? So don't worry about it. Your thoughts will just come. Don't fight them. Just let go of them. Don't hold on to them tightly. So that's what these R's are about. Resist no thought. If a thought pops in your head, totally fine. Just don't retain the thought. Don't hold on to it. Don't dwell on it. Don't react to it. If you have a thought like, oh my gosh, you know, I I forgot to do this assignment. Don't get up and do the assignment, right? Don't react to it, right? Um, As the moment you catch yourself thinking, this happens to me all the time. I, 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 I will, will find myself just lost in a thought. And I'll be like, I used to like, like get really mad at myself when I would do centering prayer. I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm so bad at this. Why are my thoughts wandering and whatever? And it's just like, that's what your thoughts do. It's okay. Don't beat yourself up. Beating yourself up is letting your will lead, right? So just very gently let go of all of that and simply just return gently to the sacred word, Right? So now I said, pick a, a sacred word. And, um, you know, if you want some advice on this, I can give it to you later. But just for the purpose of doing this, do the easiest one. The easiest sacred word is Jesus. <laughs> Maybe the best. I use Yesu, personally. It's the one that works for me. But when we start, so th- this is what we're going to do. We're going to do it right now. Set my uh, timer for two minutes, okay? Right now, just take a deep breath, okay? You can close your eyes if you want to. You can keep them open. It doesn't matter. But just take a deep breath. Just back straight, you know. And just take a moment to just say the name Jesus. And just be still. I'll kind of guide you through this. So the, the time's going right now. Um, but just be still. If a thought comes, don't worry about it. Don't dwell on it. If you catch yourself, just simply say Jesus and come back. Just rest, friend. You don't need to do anything. Just be still. If you forget what you're doing, you can go back here. (laughs) You can open your eyes and read what's these five R's. Just rest. You don't need to think anything. Just be still. Consent to the presence and work of the Holy Spirit. Just simply by getting out of the way.
All right, that's the timer. So normally you would want to do this for about 20 minutes, but in the beginning it might be tough to do. Just do it for five, right? I mean, seriously, I blank out and I go on my phone and just surf the internet, and before I know it, like 25 minutes have passed, right? You have the time. You really do, right? But I think being intentional about it, scheduling it, finding time to get out of the way. You may think it it doesn't do anything, but friends, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. You do this every day, right? And you keep welcoming the Holy Spirit to lead, right? You keep creating that space for the Holy Spirit in your heart, in your mind. I mean, it's, it's hard to overstate what this could mean. It can change everything, right? It's not going to change all at once. But if you let the Holy Spirit lead, I mean, who knows? Maybe you're going to find this peace that he promises you, the peace that passes all understanding. Praise team, can you guys come up? So we're going to sing this song, and we're simply going to be singing, uh, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here, right? Obviously, there's more words to it than that, but that's our intent. That's her desire. Can we make that our prayer? If you know the words, you can close your eyes. If you don't, it's totally fine. But just in this moment, friends, I want to encourage you. I know a lot of us, we multitask when we watch these videos. But I just want to encourage you to just kind of stop what you're doing. If you can't do that right now, you can pause it. You can come back later. You can finish washing the dishes or finish feeding your kids or whatever you need to do. And then come back. Come back at some moment and sing this song with us. And just simply make this your prayer, right? Make this your intent. In fact, you know, before we sing, could you just pray with us? Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Come flood the place and fill the atmosphere. We want you. We need you, Holy Spirit. We want to get out of the way. Maybe as a symbol of that, you want to do this symbol of surrender, just opening your hands, letting go of control and inviting the Holy Spirit to come. Let's sing this. Let's make this our prayer. Holy Spirit.